Hi there, welcome to an episode of an Inside View podcast in association with On The Ball Team Building. I'm your host, Jamie Finn. If this is your first time listening, please do go back to episode one and have a listen. If you haven't done so already, please do click subscribe. There is a business or sports person in each of us, and we hope that our guest stories will help our listeners to chase their dreams. Welcome to episode 58 of an Inside View podcast. We're on the ball, team building. Before we go any further, we'd like to give a big shout out to GRG Sports and Vintry Harbour Asset Management for the continued support. We really appreciate it, guys. This week, we're delighted to be joined by former Kerry captain and transport manager of Kerry coaches, Johnny Buckley. Buckley captained his beloved Dr. Croaks to All Ireland Club glory in 2017, 25 years on from when the club last won it. At the time, his father was part of the team, and in 2017, his father Mike was a selector when his son brought the cup back to Clarney. Kerry Coaches are an award winning company and have been at the face of innovation and service both nationally and internationally. There's no doubt we have a huge amount to cover, so let's bring them on. Hi, Johnny. Welcome to the Interview Podcast. Thank you very much. All good, all good. Thanks for coming up. So, how has the past couple of months been for you? How how have you been adapting and you know responding to COVID? Uh, COVID, yeah, it's, it's been a funny one, I suppose. Um, there's lots of uh, lots of elements to the to the whole thing. Um, from a professional point of view, I suppose uh, our business here um, in Kerry Coaches is very much tourism based, um, and the majority, the vast majority of our um, clients would be overseas visitors. So, um, last March, uh, I still remember the day very well. It was the Friday, the thirteenth of March, and we went over to to the the local hardware store to buy a padlock for the gates, and it's uh, only been opened a, f- a few times since. So. Um, um, it's been a crazy, I suppose, eighteen months at, at this stage between the between between everything. But um, no, we're still here, and um, a lot of the staff are um, are still with us and stuff. So we're looking forward to getting back to business um, sooner rather than later. And on that day, Friday the thirteenth, mm-hmm. I was a bad, yeah. bad look anyway. Friday the thirteenth, but um, that week, and I suppose the, the days leading up to, will go down, and you know, will go down through generations. How you know, effective and how you know, soul destroying it was for, you know, for companies throughout Ireland. Can you bring us, you know, more into that day, how how you felt and how you kind of put protocols in place going forward with so much uncertainty, I suppose? Mm-hmm. You know, um, like, yeah, it was, looking back in the nose, it was a mad week. We had, uh, it was Paddy's week as well, St. Patrick's Day, so we, we'd always have a number of groups coming in for that. And we had about five groups due to come in on the Wednesday morning. Uh, so our lads left here on the Tuesday afternoon, stayed in the hotel the night before the group um, in Dublin um, and were going to the airport to pick up the group. And there was phone calls in the middle of the night and first thing in the morning, uh, 4 and 5 a.m., that uh, one group were coming over. Um, the other group of about 30 were actually on the plane and one of the leaders was on his phone just before the plane took off and he was reading that Ireland was going into lockdown. So they actually stopped taking off. Uh, the 30 of them got off the plane, their luggage and everything came to Ireland. Um, so you you had all this this kind of craziness the, the week of it. Um, I still remember trying to get our hands on hand sanitizer. So uh, all the talk and the, the build up from the, the start of March was how to deal with with, uh, with this new thing that was COVID and uh, get our hands and um, we were buying fog machines for the buses to, to um, 
uh, sterilize them each day and uh, the big thing was getting our hands in san- hand sanitizers and actually uh, w- uh, one of us here um, ended up meeting this guy 15 minutes back the road cash job uh, back at the van kind of thing we got our hands on 20 litres of sanitizer or whatever it was for the tours that were due to come in um, so that week itself was was, was just crazy um, I suppose it turned uh, from our point of view then over to the staff and uh, the health the health side of it and the, and the safety concerns obviously it was it was new for everyone none of us knew what was what was ahead of us but um, at that stage on the 13th uh, we just decided to, to close up um, uh, the the seven or eight people here in the office in the garage at the time just for to make sure everyone was was, was safe and sound um, and little did we know at that stage um, that uh, they'd be as close for as long as it did but um, yeah definitely a fun a fun week and one to remember and you know I suppose when the as those I think we went in lockdown for six weeks um how were those six weeks for you you know there's a lot of probably administration in regards to reorganizing tours it must have been fairly chaotic but i i'd imagine there was a uh, you know a low point there as well when the phone wasn't ringing and you're probably used to yeah yeah well the, the initial that initial period um uh, I suppose there was a lot of stress involved in it, a lot of uncertainty. Um, at the time, we were still looking at this as kind of a, a few month thing where we were going to have a season um, towards towards the end of the summer. Uh, but there was a lot of negotiations with um, with banks. Uh, we'd purchased a lot of new vehicles, and we were talking to um, to to the guys we buy the vehicles off to see what stage of the factory they were to see could we cancel them. Um, at the same period, uh, there was uh, four new minivans uh, arrived in down the yard, registered with two own plates and everything and uh, a couple of weeks later um, two state-of-the-art Mercedes coaches um, arrived over as well uh, with new plates on them so uh, it was a stressful period there was there was a lot going on and uh, a lot of planning involved um, dealing with the insurance company or, or insurance renewals up in in March so there was a lot of discussions as to how to, to handle that so there was a lot of admin um, and dealing with the banks of course in relation to repayments and stuff so there was a lot going on at that time but um, no it was just a case of look d- deal the cards out in front of you and just uh, just get through it. And did everything kind of work out in the end I suppose the biggest thing would be and I know from you know from kind of being somewhat involved in the industry that when you know when vehicles aren't aren't uh, started for a long period of time it, it will cause issues when they are out on the road again how did you deal with that um i suppose that, that story is still to be told in many ways because uh we've we've had a number of vehicles back but the vast majority of the fleet have been um having parked up now we we had the the mechanical team in um over over that period so there was an initial block last year where um there was no staff here no staff in the office it was um uh mike my own man uh Vera Pell, my brother-in-law and and I were the three of us in the office here just doing the emails doing the bits and pieces um, but we got the my team who does the, the garage side of it um, we got him in and Dennis last year uh, just keep that thing ticking over basically because um it can cause huge issues vehicles are meant to be packed up for for prolonged periods of time so they came in and just continued testing them getting them through um the the test uh, driving them taking them up over the county bounds and back and that sort of stuff um and just uh keeping the whole thing ticking over so that uh, when it did open up or when it will open up um that we're ready to go yeah it's, it's so it is definitely a worry from i suppose coach operator's point of view you know of the 
what are the lo- what are going to be the long term fe- effects mm-hmm. of the vehicles? Um, no, definitely. And looked from talking to other guys, um, there there has been issues, you know, um, and there's no uh, each vehicle is different, you know. We, we we had one went up to Dublin last week for a bit of warranty work, um, and uh, it had issues on the way down, and it was a simple thing where the the, the fuel gauge was just reading faulty, you know. That was a new bus. That was a, a twenty twenty nineteen bus with very little mileage. So you you've all that sort of stuff. Um, as I say, the lads have been. Uh, kept on top, top of them as best uh, as best they can but uh, until they go on the back roads now of uh, Connemara or something and go to get get a good test out we'll uh, we'll see but um, we're looking enough our fleet uh, is very modern you know we, we've uh, thankfully been able to invest over the last five or six years uh, quite heavily so the fleet that's out there is uh, on the fresher side of stuff so um, no I'd be hopeful once once they're back on the road that uh, we'll uh, we'll get through it and I, I believe around 90% of your business would be international based, mm-hmm. whether it's Europe or, or North America. Where is that other 10% and did, did that other 10% kind of keep going over COVID? I suppose to be schools mm-hmm. and... Yeah, um, the, the, vast major- the vast majority of it, as you say, is is the, the overseas. Um, the other stuff is, is local work, really. So we'd, we'd factory runs, uh, school work, um, teams, uh day trips, uh, local, um, the active retirement groups, that, that sort of stuff. Um, but it was uh, open for a while last summer in, in small numbers, but really um, when we were told to stay away from confined spaces and all, and all the rest of it with COVID, um, uh, having 50 people inside in the coach isn't very conducive to um, to that. So uh, the, look, I, I, it's, it's, it's hard to verbalize the percentage that we're actually down, but it, it, was, it was very substantial and really across the whole, the whole business, um, the whole thing was 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 very quiet for um for the whole period. And I suppose you know, at the million this is going to be a yeah, yeah. question. Like, how, in your opinion, what do you think the outlook is for the tourism? Well, I suppose from the coach operator's point of view going forward, which feeds into the tourism sector as well. Yeah. So um, look, what we're watching very much is uh, is overseas tourists and when they're when they're going to be able to. Um, come back into the country. It's funny how it changes. Uh, like last year, we were talking about, um, uh, say, the potential of say unvaccinated tourists coming in and uh, and bringing in uh, in COVID. Where we're actually at now is that a vast majority of the states are vaccinated and vaccinated with a couple of months. They're um, they're somewhat back to normal. They're uh, eating in restaurants. They're going to pubs. They're going about their daily life. Um, so where we are really is uh, seeing what the quarantine situation is. So it is a bit frustrating at the moment. We're getting a lot of misleading um, and a lot of um, uh, differences in the information we're getting from government. Um, So one department is saying um, and has said that, oh, look, from the middle of July, uh, the quarantine will be gone. It'll be a negative PCR test when you 72 hours before you fly. Um, and that'll that'll suffice for you to travel freely once you get in. Once you get into Ireland, um, now I know the Delta variant has thrown um, a, a very big spanner in the works. Um, but as an industry, we're just hoping for a bit of clarity, really, to see um, when we can or when the plan is that uh, the country will open up. Quarantine quarantine will be removed, and and at that stage, then we should see um, vaccinated and COVID negative tourists coming into the country. I suppose the, the main issue really is like would it be the would it be the quarantine that's mm-hmm. kind of you know that's kind of causing the problem. Like, I suppose the fact that you know negative PCR that's that's part and parcel of it. You you know you you accept that, but it's the it's the quarantine issue is. 
yeah abs- absolutely look it's a it's a game changer um uh, and i know there are cases maybe if you're a private family and you're coming over and and uh, doing your own kind of holiday um i know there was cases of it last year and maybe already this year that they're they're flying in and just just going about their business but as an industry when uh you've booked through tour operators who we work closely with um no one's going to take that risk if if quarantine is there we need to abide by the rules and, and people need to quarantine when they come in um and that's just an non-runner for people you know if uh, if you're looking at spending um 10 days in Ireland the last thing you want to do is the first five days uh, be in a hotel up in Dublin um, not being able to move so it really is um, uh, it really is the be all and end all at the moment um, if it stays that way uh, I think this year will fizzle out I suppose the natural touring season has an end date anyway in that uh, come the end of October um, you kind of quieten down um, as, as as the country knows uh, on a seasonal basis um, and you just get, get ready for next year so we have a, an end date in sight and just hopefully that things open up um, in enough time before that, that we can get uh, guys back in the road. Uh, we kind of spoke about as well off air, like, and it's it's um it's it is a big issue. Like, and I suppose you you have to keep the show going, but when things do open up, it's going to be a long time before you know companies will probably break even again because you'll mm-hmm. have that you'll have the insurance, you'll have the repayments coming down the line, mm-hmm. and you're going to be obviously traveling at half capacity. Yeah, that's going, and then you might have to have two buses on one job, and it's it's mm-hmm. going to you know it's going to cause issues. Yeah, absolutely, and and uh, don't we're all faced with it. You're you're looking at a situation where if things come back and there's only a small amount of tours, it's 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 straight up it's costing you money to do it because you need to get the vehicles back back on the road and tax and insured and all that sort of stuff. Um, so it is, and you know the the nature of the the coach um business is that um. Uh, part or some some all of your vehicle or at least part of your vehicle is on is on a lease agreement so um you're dealing with the banks in relation to them repayments as well so um yeah there's a there's a lot of uh, a lot of thought and plenty that needs to go into it but um as i say we we are all looking forward to having um a, a decent couple of months out of it and, and getting um a bit of volume through then you know you, you were faced with the situation buses parked up um and it's well known in, in you know in the county that you know you went up and you you set up kind of um you converted one of the uh smaller buses into a kitchen and do you mm-hmm. want to just bring us through that journey how that came about and, and yeah i suppose um a bit of background to it and i, I mentioned him earlier uh dear Pelleby, my brother-in-law he's married to my sister anya so he was in the hospitality uh business uh for years he worked in um a lot of the behind properties around munster and um in 2019 at uh, the start of the year uh, we're in a situation here where um we're kind of looking um for uh, an operations manager someone to join the kind of management team to um to drive the whole thing on and and, and keep it going so at the time Vierpel was uh looking at a couple of different options uh for for hotels um and i talked with with mike about it and we said look um i get on very well with him personally and uh, just to see, have a chat with him one day and see would he be interested in joining joining Kerry Coaches. So in 2019 he did. Um, he left the hospitality, came over to us, and 2019 was a bumper year here, and everything everything went well. Um, and then we we're all ready to go for the 2020 season, and um, things things changed. So, uh, I suppose the two of us would be uh very much into the food side of stuff. Um, we both we both like to cook. Uh, we've done a lot of cooking together over the years. Um, and had always planned down the road um, of getting into food in, in, some, mm-hmm. in some shape or form. Um, so the discussion was being had throughout 2020 uh, about what we do and um, we're kind of coming up to Christmas and we were saying, look, we'll come in in January, um, we make a plan and get something going for 
um, for the start of the summer really and uh, kick off the Killarney in the, in the summer. So we were discussing things over, over Christmas um, and came in the first Monday in January, started this year and said we'd start looking at the whole thing and the day we came in, I don't know was it coincidental or what, but we came in and there was um, five or six emails just after popping up in the, in the inbox of a group that were due to travel in 2020 and deferred to 2021 um and had just uh, in that email had pushed on to 2022 so here we were in the start of uh the first monday in january um having uh, gone through 2020 and are now looking at 2021 um with the possibility of group of group kind of fizzling out and and postponing to next year so literally there and then um up we got we went out to the garage we had a vehicle in mind um it was a bus a golf bus a vip golf bus that we traded in last year and as part of the deal, we were able to um, cancel that, that new order um, and the bus was here in the yard. So we went out to the lads in the garage, um, looked at this thing and took out the banners and went at it. And by lunchtime, uh, how we put it, it was no longer a golf bus. Um, so off we went there. We just um, put the head down, went planning. Um, he's a lot of ex- expertise and contacts in that area um, through, the, through the hotels. So um, together then with, with our wives, um, uh, Annie and Anya and with a bit of assistance from uh, from the old man um, we drew up the plans, uh, sent it up to Cork to get fitted out with a with a kitchen, um, bought the equipment and that was the 4th of January and on the 4th of March we were set up and serving food out in our base in the INEC in Killarney so um, it all happened uh, quite quickly um, but uh, it's been it's been a very enjoyable project and uh, thankfully quite successful so we're, we're happy with how it, it, it all has gone you know what like what's the long term plan and objective of um that arm the business on going forward um i suppose it's uh as i say we, we we've de- definitely enjoyed the the process um and we're adding a second unit to it very shortly so there's currently a pizza oven uh, somewhere between italy and ireland um and that'll be set up in the in the coming weeks um and uh we look at a couple of options you know um obviously there's the uh, it's fine at the moment because we have a bit of extra time on our hands because Kerry coaches isn't taking up the same amount of time as it uh, as it normally would. Um, so it's just to find a, a balance between everything. Um, uh, Kerry coaches is is the priority, um, and just to mind uh, mind the house here and make sure we're set up for uh, tours, be it at the end of this year or um, or next year. Um, while also um, looking at a couple of other uh, I suppose food related possibilities. Uh, we're we're in Killarney. There's um, there's a lot going on, a lot of potential. So um, we'll. Uh, yeah, we'll be keeping our keeping our to the ground and seeing what's seeing what's around. An interesting few months ahead, so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Going forward, now when things open up, are you like are you going to be as as big as as it was before, or are you only going to have a certain element of the the ve- of vehicles on on the road? Um, so again, look, it was a big topic of discussion over the past uh, over the past year or so um, in relation to what to, what to do with the fleet. Um, there's a fleet of uh, currently eighty vehicles out there, um, and you know, as as any downturn or any um, thing that would affect the industry, there was a lot of um, selling and, and buying of uh, of secondhand vehicles. Um, it's something we didn't get too involved in because the the, the values um, went uh, went very low, um, as 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 you can imagine. So uh, currently we have um, pretty much the same fleet, bar a couple of vehicles that we that we moved on to some of the smaller fleet. Um, so we have the um, the full fleet and. To be honest with you, it's um it's the end it's the end of June now, start of July, and 
I can't remember a period where we were as busy or had as many bookings for the following year as, as we currently do. Um, so uh, as you can imagine, there is a huge amount of people that were meant to travel in 2020 um, and 2021 that have deferred on. And uh, again, there's a lot of corporate work that was booked in for 2022 anyway, um, and uh, a lot of a lot of group deferrals. So actually uh, an issue that has arisen over the past um, month or so is actually managing the bookings that are coming through. Um, and and we, we would have a certain amount of the kind of high-end VIP vehicles um, that were just making sure that uh, they're assigned to the, to the clients that are booking them and that sort of stuff. And there are periods already for next summer that were actually fully booked out. Um, so again, look, another year, um, you'd be very confident that the that all of them really would, would materialise. Um, but uh, if COVID has taught us anything, it's just to, to be a bit wary. So they're just a bit of a balancing act, making sure that we're uh, we're getting the bookings in for next year while um, not overcommitting for, for certain periods. And has it been difficult from, you know, from a business perspective to, you know, to stay afloat? Because there's obviously definitely, there's definitely overheads even when you're not open and, and you know not not operation. Um no, just straight up there it, uh, there there has been. Um we're lucky enough it's a, it's a long standing business. Um we've a lot of uh um equity built up in the fleet. Um we own the the property we're in here and stuff. So um uh, no we, we were we were fine. Um obviously there was a lot of worries and you're you're trying to plan ahead and do budgets and stuff and uh when there's uh, when there's very little coming in um it can be it can be difficult at times. Uh there was government assistance for our industry as well. Um that came through this year which helped on your on your cash flow and allowed us to get the um the gang of the office back in. Um and uh, but again there's been no huge uh, outlay. Um, last March and April and May, it was very much um back to back to basics and the uh, cut down your outflows and the uh, um the the very basics of business. I suppose you know when there's not much coming in, you you're making sure that there's uh, as little as possible going out. So um it's just been been managing that, but uh, thankfully um we're still here and whenever uh we do have tours back in, we're we're ready to press the button and and go again. Thankfully. Johnny, before we kind of move on, um, you know, onto the, the history of Kerry Coaches, you know, from your own perspective, um, where do you think things will be in the next couple of months? I know we touched on already, you said that, you know, the government are kind of giving mixed messages. In an ideal world, when do you think we'll be back to where we were in, in 19? Yeah, I suppose. Look, at, um, we won't get anywhere near. We, um, we the figures are um, the groups that are coming in, and um, the whole industry won't be anywhere near what uh, twenty nineteen should have been this year. Anyway, um, again, it's funny. Look, it, it's. I don't think uh, the tourism industry in Ireland has ever there's been downturns been peaks and peaks and troughs um but it's never been hit with anything with anything like this um there is an appetite out there for international travel when it's when it's safe to do so so like i i would see um again as an industry in a whole getting back to business uh, uh properly uh, for for 2022 um as i say there are there are a lot of groups that want to want to travel some um sectors of the industry within our industry might be affected more so again you have things like brochure tours which would be your couple from the states want to come to ireland and they're booking their two seats um on uh on a on a vehicle on a flight and falling in with a larger group um that is something that might be affected uh, and you might see an increase in more family groups, smaller groups uh, that know each other and know who they're travelling with. So um, again, there, there, there'll be ups and downs in it, but um, I'd be hopeful and, and all the signs are, are there 
that if uh, the whole world as a population keeps getting vaccinated and goes through that program and there are obviously there's there's risks of variations and all that sort of stuff but if we keep going in the on the path we're on um i see 2022 as being um a year when we all get back to business properly really look the big elephant in the room in the, the tourism sector and i've even up to you know yes for examples of it um is the difficulty you know anyone in the tourism sector or tourism industry is going to have is getting employees back mm-hmm. you know naturally employees are two years older and we say in the coach operating sector you know you have a lot of them are probably in and around retirement or you know retired guards or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. um they're two years older as i said have you you probably haven't experienced that yet but what's the kind of sound bites at the moment from your own from your own um team of, of employees yeah so for, i suppose from our side of it um like going back to 20, 2019 start of 2020 pre-covid times if you were to ask me what was the biggest um uh, risk for our industry in five ten years down the line it would be the availability of of drivers so that was that was pre-covid COVID has has only has only emphasized that um you know, over the past eighteen months um I've been references for drivers um and are happy to do so um to get uh, van driving jobs or uh, going to the haulage side of uh, of of transportation um and um it's look the, these a lot of guys have mortgages to pay they've they've bills to pay um and when um the the tourism things quietened down it was only uh, realistic and and fair that they would uh, that they would look at other sectors to get the to get the income so looking down the line um i think the capacity if we do get back to this year um the industry will cope because you're going to be at a um whatever 30 percent whatever way it, it pans out so you you'll manage this year but it is um it is a big uh worry and a big consideration for plans for next year um what uh what companies will do um to get drivers so again last year we sat down and we're having these discussions here in the office um so we actually set up a school of motoring ourselves um it's a kc school of motoring and we have a, a very good guy running it first but uh it was with that issue in mind really um that uh we're very conscious we need to get um young people into the um into the industry um and uh, train up more people because uh, again with 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 regulations and stuff that are stringently enforced now um as you'll know from uh, from from your own man as well um there it's no longer one tour you probably need two drivers on it now anyway with the different our regulations and stuff so um looking down the line there's just a lot more drivers needed in the industry so um we kind of uh, decided to set a couple of vehicles aside here uh, set up a driving school um we're currently working on a program um that for for the winter period that we'd actually see um and go to go to the public and try and get drivers into the industry train them up um and go through a process here um where there's future employment for them um next year and the and the years beyond so um it 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 is an issue but we're we're trying ourselves just to to um to get on top of it and just just make sure we're set for next year that's a brilliant way to you know you identify the risk and you're managing the risk um and what else do you think you can do to bring? I suppose that's the main thing you can do, really, to bring bring drivers, younger younger people into the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's it's, it's definitely a massive massive issue. Like, and the way things were going, like you said, in nineteen is going up and up and up. Um, and the difficulty of finding drivers was was obviously the main issue of a lot of mm-hmm. coach, all coach operator to be, operators to be honest. Um, 
where do you think that's going to go? Do you think things are going to take a, a turn and young people will start going into getting into the industry or the fact that I suppose it's not you know work isn't it's, it's the fact it's seasonal I suppose mm-hmm. is uh, yeah it's it, it's a it's a big thing um I suppose down down here in in Clarny and Kerry as well we're kind of used to the seasonality of things we've all grown up with it um and are used to the the mayhem of the summer and the the kind of quietness of the winter um but maybe outside of kind of tourism hubs um people are more used to to, to twelve months work so um look ultimately I suppose it needs to be appealing financially from from uh work life balance point of view um and again it's a it's a thing i suppose with uh with our industry as well a lot of it is about um the people skills um obviously you need to be able to, to drive the vehicle but when you pull up at dublin airport and you've uh, 40 americans coming over and you're with them for the week one on one um and you need to give them the best of experience of what ireland has to offer um and that that's that's a big job and there's a lot of people skills and a lot of uh, customer care and in, involved in that side of stuff so as as part of the whole thing uh, we very much focus on on the customer care side of stuff as well we we do an annual training program anyway um and have uh, kind of maybe half a day spent on that side of stuff and how to deal with people at airports and how to uh, deal with people throughout it so um no it's a complex one um but it's one where we're we're working through and uh I suppose it's something you'd like to have control of yourself and that's maybe why we started the whole thing um, and uh, to hopefully get good good uh, male and female drivers in um, get them trained up uh, on the road from a safety point of view um, and then uh, look at the other side of stuff there's a lot of guiding courses available now um, that uh, that fit in very well with our, with our job as well so just adding everything to the pot uh, so that come next um, April, uh, May and you're kicking off into the season that we have a, a new pool of, of fresh drivers drivers that um are trained up and uh, ready to go for 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 the summer yeah that's a big thing because you know you know yourself when you land in dublin airport and you, as you said the americans coming towards you and it, no matter what walk of life you only have one chance to make a first impression mm-hmm. like and if, if if they're going to have a sour taste yeah about you for the week that's going to filter through no matter what you do you won't be able to do a thing right um but they just what, what you're doing is, is absolutely you know it's brilliant it's remarkable that you're adjusting to the issues at hand. Um, you know, prior to COVID and things, had you any of these uh, protocols in place or was that something you kind of brought to the table when, when you took over fully in 18, 19? Yeah, um, it, it, it was something, it would kind of stemmed back from the, the, the tightening up or the implementation of a lot of the uh, regulations, the driving hour regulations, which would have been um, kind of uh, 13, 14, 15. So, um, and the, the digitalization, I suppose, of that whole um, area, whereas before, uh, you'll, re- you'll remember them, you had the, the freezebees, as they were called, they were, they were the paper chart, and everything moved over into the digital, so it was much, uh, much more heavily monitored. Um, so, as part of that, we just devised this new training program um, at the time where uh, we have a day, it's normally in April, um, uh, well, it's over the period of a week, but every guy comes in for a day. Um, so there's training on company policies, there's training on tachograph, uh, there's walkthroughs in the garage, how to do a daily walk around check, um, and uh, all them. So the, those procedures have been in place um, for the past for the past few years. So it's kind of incorporating that um, that whole package into, and kind of tailoring it for, for new drivers as well um, to, to, to get them into the industry. 
And how, what's the, what has the uptake been like? And have you seen it increase since COVID or, or decrease since COVID? Um, there's a lot of uncertainty, I suppose, is, is, is the thing. There's uh, a lot of inquiries. It, it, is, um, it is a nice job um, and it can be a nice job. And if it's suited to your circumstances and you want to travel the country and, and, and see all of it, it is, um, it is a very nice job. However, there are for younger guys. Um, it has its difficulties. Um, I know a couple of years ago we we had a very good guy, um, who was on the golf circuit and uh, worked a full full season, um, and was happy at how we went out of it. But when he applied for a mortgage, um, uh, they, they had difficulties with the whole season seasonality of of the business. So, um, again, it's just. Uh, trying to make it as attractive uh, a, a proposal as possible. Um, and uh, in the hope that uh, some guys, it's kind of a job that you would see um, maybe guys do a career change. So we have a lot of maybe retired guards, um, retired bank managers, uh, guys in the post office that want to um, have a little change and, and try something else out. So um, it's kind of uh, trying to attract those guys and uh, into um, to see do they like it and get them trained up and, and, and go from there. You know, of course, you you people in the industry for for decades, and and they know the story, and they know you know how to how to approach it. But have you you know I suppose without identifying or being specific about certain people, you know, people who have been working the post office or people who have been guards all their life, they're used to a certain way of life mm -hmm. for you know for decades, for forty years, or mm -hmm. whatever the case may be, or thirty years. Do they transition over easily or? some of them might find it a bit difficult today. Yeah, no, like I must say, our experience anyway has been very positive in that regard. Um, so you have guys that were in a certain industry or um, whatever it was for uh, a number of years and um, uh, a change over to a whole new, um, a whole new, I suppose, uh, employment, a whole new way of life in, in, this, in, in, in regards to your working life. Um, so if you were in a very um say a regimental nine to five monday to friday um and then all of a sudden you're given an itinerary and you're told to pick up in dublin airport and do a lap of the country over 10 days and you're you're seeing all these places and um it uh, a lot of guys get get a get a buzz out of that and i, I can see why you know um so uh no our experience in that regard has been has been very positive and again look there's a lot of experience that needs to be built up in this in this drawing that regard as well um so it's uh, your first tour out and your first day out is always uh, a bit daunting um but uh no um we've we've uh, been very happy with um with the, the the guys that have come in over the last few years from from uh, maybe a different industry and have kind of settled into quite well and will you have whether whether you know whether you, you know you mean to have it or, or is it something that kind of is in the culture here will you have um a kind of a body system that are like people could just ring each other if there's any issue you know especially new joiners like would you assign them a certain you know experienced member of staff or yeah again look at when a, when a guy comes in um uh, a lot of a lot of them would know a driver within the within the company anyway there's there's, there's a, a, a big team of guys there so um and you tend to have that the relationships kind of naturally naturally build up um over recent years over the past four or five years we've had a whatsapp group um that's with all um which everyone in within the company is on it um and it's very encouraging to see pick that up at any day during the summer and your your guys are giving each other recommendations for a restaurant and and mizzen head and for um a toilet break between this place and that place above and above in the midlands so um there is that system there and it's 
something we we very much encourage uh, those drivers here that um, were driving for Kerry coaches before I was even born. So um, <laughs> they're they're uh, there's a, we're very lucky, um, and it's something that was very important to, to Mike over the years, um, and something that we we hope to to continue on that 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 um, uh, that community spirit as was amongst the amongst the drivers is 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 there. When you came into the, the look, you you've been around the, the place from a young age, mm-hmm. um, but when you kind of took over the reins in nineteen eighteen nineteen, um, fully, did you find it hard for some of the, the old, some people who might have been in the industry for a long period mm-hmm. of time to take you seriously? Because mm-hmm. naturally, that can be a thing. Like, yeah. Um. No. Look straight up. Um. Uh, that whole transition went went well. Um, it was something that was kind of naturally there anyway. So, um, like the the way the way it's it's been here and it has always been, um, is that uh, things are very open, you know. And um, Mike and I, we uh, Alan O'Connor, um, who was here for twenty one years and was was Mike's uh, right hand man, um, for for a long long period and was a huge part of the whole uh, growth of Kerry coaches. Um, so he he finishing um around the 15 mark um, and then it was Mike and I, I suppose kind of running it and the way uh, Mike do, do, does things was it was very much a, a shared management you know so um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a huge jump in 18 yeah exactly so um, when when um, when in 18 he uh, took a, a temporary kind of step back from things um, it was just a natural progression uh, there was no I suppose new role that wasn't being done before Um so it was just quite a quite a quite a natural thing, um, for for that period, and thankfully, um, I, I've built up a good relationship with all the with all the lads, and uh, they were very supportive of the whole thing that year. Um, again, it's it's uh, Mike took a step back in May, uh, so you're into the mid the middle of the season, and um, it was a, it was a crazy one. It was our, it was our busiest year ever, um, at the time, and uh, it was just the no the whole the whole company as a whole, um, and it goes back to the to I suppose the ethos that that Mike built up over the years everyone kind of pulled together and um and we had a great we had a great season you know and how did you find that time you know you you were at the helm you had unfortunately you had to you know step away from Kerry because mm-hmm. of the commitment um and your father was you know had to, took a step back because he was he was um he was sick at the time mm-hmm. it must have been stressful you know and the fact that you just said there it was extremely busy as well yeah you know yeah. did you feel a lot of pressure on your shoulders um whether consciously or so yeah no no i think it was look at the at the time it was just um obviously the priority was was, was mike and thankfully that whole um the whole treatment over the summer and everything went went great and he's he's flying he's never better um playing as much golf as ever um ever ever since so um thankfully that whole side of it uh went well obviously there was there was a worry at the time but um no that that all went fine um me personally I don't know I suppose looking back it was just it was a crazy period you know it was um I know there was it was there wasn't a day off between that that the start of May um until until October um it was kind of seven days a week so you're just you're kind of just getting through it you know and uh, just making sure that the the whole thing is is uh, is tipping is tipping over so um no I suppose there wasn't any um over stress or anything over the whole uh, leaving the football side of stuff it was just look this is where we are and just 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 to keep going you know Especially, I suppose, when it's you know, it's you were immersed in this from a young age, and you know, it's a family family business, and you know, you're the third generation of it. Um, what do you do to you know to improve uh, or to? What do you do 
on a weekly basis or on a monthly basis to ensure that the culture is right and you know smaller companies mightn't have much you know might have a culture just naturally there but with bigger companies you know like yourselves you probably have to do things to ensure that there's a good culture there you know especially if drivers are are annoyed or, or if they need to take time off um you know how do you deal with people with different personalities and, and stuff like that because or even like like I, I, I believe at one stage you nearly hundred drivers, mm-hmm. you know, whether on part time or, or full time or and even with the with the lads in the garage. That's a lot of people to employ, you know. Yeah, well look, I suppose during the summer there's this kind of a hundred like there's at peak times there's hundred and thirty guys on the road and there there's another probably between the jigs and the reels, there's probably another fifteen um around the the building here between the office and the and the garage and stuff. So um it is it, it is a lot of personalities and uh cultures of uh, cultures a funny thing. It's I I don't think it's something you can sit down and say right for tours on a Monday now between ten and twelve o'clock I'm gonna do tours of uh making sure the culture is right within within the business. It's something um that is um that you have to showcase at all times um and is uh is to my mind the most important thing within any business is having having the right culture so um again um i would like to think there was a very good culture there from from the second i came in um that was built up over many years and uh the, the relationships between um say mike and the drivers and and that whole that whole side of stuff so it's just trying to continue that so uh, really in 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 many ways um and uh i suppose we work hard we do the late hours um there's nothing i'd ask a driver to do that we wouldn't be um happy to do ourselves and just being respectful um and guys have uh no more than us all there's everyone has their own personal things going on um and uh, it's just to deal with them when when they come and and be respectful um and uh just 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 get through it in the way in in the way we can and just kind of you know going going sideways again. Um, when your father was sick, mm-hmm. how you know was he constantly on the phone to see how things are going? Because I can imagine he was not able to switch off, especially mm-hmm. coming into peak season. Yeah, so uh, I suppose look, we're, I'm very lucky, and we're very lucky in that we get on very well. I suppose we we've uh, um, no we've, clashes, no. No, I must say, like we 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 laugh about it at times, but we've had uh, and there has been stressful uh, conversations at three a.m. in the morning and all the rest of it. But um, uh, no, we 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 do get on very well, and even even that summer, uh, we he has a house down in Waterville. So um, he was uh, just uh, up and down to Cork, uh, like, was it every three weeks, I think, um, and he was back down to Waterville then and spent a lot of the summer summer down there. Um, Dummer 18 was a very hot summer as well, so he was he was into the sea for his morning swim and all the rest of it and um, was working away in, in, in the background. Um, and as you know, in our industry, there is there is a lot of forward planning you can do, so he was signing vehicles and drivers to things um, in, a, in a few weeks out and we were kind of working away here on the, on the day-to-day stuff. So... Um, there was kind of a, a, a daily phone call or every couple of day phone call um just to just to check in but um no look for touch wood we, we haven't uh, we haven't clashed too too badly yet good 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 um i suppose it, you know it's important as well to give an insight into the history just a brief history of um of Kerry coaches as mm-hmm. i alluded to already you know your third generation mm-hmm. yeah that? look I, I suppose something something i'm very proud of uh it was started um by my grandfather in 1957 so we we have a photo there um it's up in the wall here somewhere of uh of him back in the gap and low back in k carney's um at the time it was a horse and cart um that he was uh that he was using to to transport tours um around up up and down the gap um 
and he's he started off from um from the family home in in rock road down down in killarney and um there were stables up at the back of the house and he started with one horse and cart and and built that up and up and he then kind of became um a guy who had a, a lot of horses and carts and that sort of stuff um so uh, a horse and cart operator or transport operator at the at, at the time um and then mike um I uh, grew up in the in the same house and was was open to the whole thing and I suppose there were different times back then there was no mobile phones so there was a lot more of um kind of fellas coming in and out of the kitchen and he got the the the, the full experience of of the whole tourism uh, thing so he went to Cork then to do uh, BCom up in up in UCC um and after his second year my grandfather passed away um so at that stage then I think there was eight or ten horse and carts and he was just after buying a new car for a um local HSE contract. So at the time then, um, Mike, I suppose, had the decision to make whether to, he was on kind of a different career path himself at the time um, and wanted to go through the, the college side of stuff. Um, and at the time, he kind of, I suppose, decided whether to sell off the horses and sell off the car and, and do his own thing um, or, or have a go of it. So um, he sold off the, the horse and carts, bought a second car um, and kind of went on from there, really, um, and built it, uh, built it up and up through the through the 70s, 80s um, and uh, into the into the 90s. Um, Kerry Coaches was founded in 1990. It was it was Buckley's Tours up to then um, and has uh, has driven it on to the to, to the company it is today. And you have Kerry Coaches, but you've um, you've another arm of the business as well. You black buses. Yeah, so um, so uh, I suppose the history of it is uh, it was Buckley's tours. Um, my grandmother Mary B. Uh, and Mike uh, ran it um, with uh, with the help of uh, Alan and Jackie and Jane and a few more um, in Outer Rock Road. Uh, ran that up until nineteen ninety, and then in nineteen ninety, Mike uh, joined up with a, a local businessman, Billy Daly, from the Killarney Autos across the way, and formed. Um, Kerry coaches, which was the first jump up to your full size, your full size coach. Uh, so throughout the 90s, then that kind of allowed Mike to get into the, the corporate side of stuff. Um, and the golf was really kicking off in, in, in Ireland at the time. So um, from there, really, it just kind of grew, grew and grew. Um, and uh, the, the business here reference there is Prestige Chauffeur. So that's a, a, a Dublin kind of chauffeur business um, that we set up in, I'd say, 17 um and it was simply for the reason we were giving away a lot of business in dublin and we the nature of our work is there was a lot of um a lot of late booking so you might get a phone call at 10 o'clock at night that a guy missed his flight and he was now flying in a private jet at 5 a.m in the morning so we were finding ourselves trying to find someone to pick in the height of a tourism season trying to trying to uh, find a driver to pick up someone um uh, making phone calls at 11 o'clock at night to pick up the following morning so um we made the call at that stage to we had a driver at the time uh column who um is based in dublin so we decided then to set up a business up there um that would be based in dublin and cover a lot of the the local work for us as well so um that was a nice uh addition to the to, to the setup there a few years ago and that's still in operation all go well when things open up is it uh yeah yeah absolutely yeah what's your earliest memory of the business 
Yeah, I suppose the, uh, there's 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 lots of memories. Definitely, the the kitchen in Rock Road is is one of them, and the characters, and that's all. That's that's really what they should be described at. And uh, there were drivers at the time, so they were really part. They were really part of the family. Um, say when I was growing up and four and five years of age, um, you're coming into the grandmother's kitchen, and uh, the lads were coming in from the um from the the day's work, and they were sitting down having the having the bowl of soup and 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 the chats. Um, so it was really just growing up around that. Um you know uh, pretending to wash the buses and 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 do all that sort of stuff so it was really just that whole environment um kind of from as soon as i can remember really um and just it was part of uh, our lives and family i suppose ever since i suppose if i asked you this a couple of years ago it might be hard to say because you would have been very much involved with you know with high high level intercounty at the mm. time but you know upon looking back what skills do you think are transferable from from GA or sport in general to business? Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a funny one, I suppose. It's you know, there's a lot of uh, terminology thrown around that whole thing, and you you've um, I suppose the teamwork and all that, all that stuff is kind of the um, the the natural one that jumps out at you. I, I suppose looking at it now, uh, if you have someone coming through that was having played into county and having gone through the highs and lows um and all that experiences and the uh, the the team ethos of it um you do i suppose you do become a much more rounded uh, person um and from a business point of view uh, you're bringing a lot of the the, the expertise and the skills you learned through through the sport um through it so uh, i think any intercounty player will tell you while they're playing they're probably not the best employee because they're trying to duck and dive and, and get to training and, and do all the stuff that needs to be done um when you're when you're playing at that level but um when you come out the other side of it uh, i think you you are um very much uh, a fully rounded um uh, professional that um that that your intercounty career was definitely have have helped. And what do you think? You know, you have been in the, the industry long enough now, and you you you've had um a managerial role for for a long time as well. Um, what in your opinion, what do you think the most important qualities in um in a driver is? Okay, take it take it as as given that they can drive the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably alluded already about communication, but would that be probably the the main quality that they need to have? Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's 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 very personable job. Um, as a, as I say, like we can buy all the buses. Um, we want every year, but if you don't have um the uh, a good team of drivers uh, that um an enthusiastic team that uh, they want to be doing what they're doing, then uh, you can have a new fleet and uh, it's it's no good to you, you know. Um, so by by a long long way, the most important part of our business is the drivers, um, and the service they provide on the ground. Um, the uh, whether the bus is uh, one year old or two years old goes out the window. Um, when your when your driver meets with the airport and um is very welcoming and um. You know, gives you a good time because it, like when you break it down they're the person if you come to Ireland on a, on a golf trip or you come over they're, they're the person you spend the most amount of time with um, for uh, for that period you're here you're, that driver is welcomed into that group um, uh, they spend however many hours a day together so um it is it is very important that they're they're personable um that's uh you know they're they're confident they're they're able to have the chats and able to um to to do all the rest of it so um it's just kind of a, a mix and uh just a, a a confident person that that um is enjoying what they're doing and, and and showing the the clients a good time was it always going to be natural progression for yourself to get into the level you're at now um because i know you went to ucc mm-hmm. 
or did that kind of land upon you in some way unexpectedly in, in 2018? You kind of said it was happening, but... Mm-hmm. No, like to be honest with you, I went to, went to UCC for four years, um, tried out a couple of different things. I was over in Kerry Group in, um, in Tralee for, for, for a period. Um, but ultimately, it was what I wanted to do. Do you know, it's um, it, like there was no pressure from home or anything. It was, it was literally... Um, the door was open if um, if I wanted it to be and um, there was no issue if I wanted to go off and, and, and do anything else so it was very much my call um, at the at the time to, to come in and get involved um, it's something I've always enjoyed doing um, for no pressure to get into and um, I'm, gl- I'm glad that I have um, so that was around say when I came out of college in, in uh, kind of 12, 13 um, and yeah been here ever since you didn't do didn't do too bad either in college. Uh, won county car county championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, a what a year that was. We had uh, the football was good, but the the crack was even better. We had uh, we, we had great fun. So um, between the Sigerson um and the uh, the county championships was 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 a great year on the on, on the football side of stuff. We still laugh about that um that Sigerson because we didn't go up with um with very um very high hopes I suppose there was star studded uh, DCU team we were playing in the first day um so I was living with Dahi Casey and Peter Crowley who were uh, teammates of mine at the time um and we were laughing the, the day we were leaving about packing one pair of jocks because uh, we reckoned we'd be home as quick as we went up so um uh, we'd a we we a good weekend and managed to hang on. It was the this uh, centenary year as well, I think. So we'd uh, we three games in three days, and uh, thankfully we, we won and we'd uh, we'd we'd uh, uh, a bit of fun around it. Was good, good, Character good times. building experience. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, this is uh, something I want to delve into because mm-hmm. every every great team has you know has some some qualities like in the Crokes team during the the tens simply remarkable like. Mm-hmm. You know, two. I think it was a um a four in a row and a three in a row. Um, I remember being with West Kerry doing the doing the mm-hmm. water boy like and it yeah. was just, uh, it was one great game. I think maybe it was eleven or twelve, and uh, you know Bonnie Bonnie was playing it. Yeah. Unfortunately, passed away in a couple a couple of days later. But um, before we delve into all that, the Crokes, brilliant club. You know, probably one of the, if not the most successful club in, in the county. You know, I know Stacks were probably there for years, but I think you have more titles now than Stacks. Um, how is the so good and how is the conveyor belt keep going? Is yeah, um, I suppose I, I, I don't know really. Like, we, we had a great, uh, a great don't period. Don't worry, there. No, no one will be listening to this. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like yeah. And <laughs> um, we cut, we cut this bit out. Um, no, look, it was just, I suppose, looking back on it now, um, and I'm still playing, but looking back on that, that period, um, specifically when you had, say, Owen and Colin playing, um, and I suppose that that team in itself because um, there's a lot of a lot of guys uh, still playing and we're, we're getting back at it now over the next couple of months but um, that period itself it was just yeah it was, I suppose it's hard to put your finger on it it was just a very driven bunch um, that had uh, set very high standards uh, individually and for each other um, and there was um, a lot of um, I suppose uh, want there to, to be successful and um, just thankfully we were, we were able to, to pull the whole thing together and get a good get a good run. It kind of started in 09 though, didn't it? The last to South Kerry and it kind of went on from there. Yeah, so it started, it started in 09 with, with South Kerry and obviously South Kerry were coming off the back of their um, very successful period yeah. as well and uh, growing up and being 15 and 16, going up to the park and um, 
seeing uh, seeing them games where where Orlards got so close, um, but uh, South Kerry just just uh, got it over the line at the time. Um, so there was a lot of players in that, um, and I suppose we we were just brought into that whole thing, um, where they were at that level and 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 playing for county championships, and there was just this huge hunger in the team. So when we finally got over the line in twenty ten, um, it was uh, it was uh, one of my fondest sporting uh, memories. Definitely was that day. Um, was that day against Dax and I know it is for a lot of uh, a lot of leads and it's something we look back on very fondly and once you got over that you just you, could, you weren't stopped in just like Dublin you know it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing and it, but what I want to delve into like is how he, how as a club you kept that winning culture because look you're going to have younger lads coming in you're going to have guys who develop big personalities because they're mm-hmm. playing extremely well how did um how did the management or as a group, the senior group, keep that a bit? Yeah, I suppose it, it's not anything individual. And when you're when you're in the middle of it, you're you're probably not conscious of it. Kind of looking back on it now, I, I look. I think it was just uh, it was just a drive amongst the that that group of players specifically that um, when you came into the first team meeting of the year, um, you just set your bar out that you you wanted to win um, everything you could, and you as a group we we did everything we could within our powers to um to do that uh, be a training and and all the things outside of it um and if there wasn't someone putting their weight they, they were held accountable for that and stuff so it was just um i suppose a collective group of individuals that had that um had that desire um to just keep keep driving it on keep improving um and thankfully over that period um it was uh, it went well for us you know, I suppose guys my own age, there's a lot of uh, very talented players. You know, who would have obviously, you know, skill would have brought them into the group. Mm-hmm. But would attitude, you like, would skill be the main thing? You know, in the Crokes community, or would attitude be a big element as well? Because you know, you can be extremely skillful, but have the wrong attitude, and then that can, you know, like a rotten apple can mm-hmm. feed through the whole the whole team. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, the skill, and um, I know, I know you're you're probably um uh, thinking of a lot of fellas, and we were lucky enough to have a lot of skillful, uh, skillful players there. But ultimately, if you're not pulling your weight, you can have all the skill in the world, but um, you you don't fall into the to the whole setup. And um, look, no more than any team, it's a, it's a bunch a bunch of individuals. There's there's characters in every team, um, especially at the at the the club level side of stuff. But um, it's finding that balance and just everyone um pulling in the same direction and uh, and working together and it, it is a huge part of it because as you say look one or two individuals if they're on a different agenda um can have a, a, a big impact on the team so um uh, no very much at that time it was uh it was you're kind of in or you're out and if you're you're with us you're we're, we're, we're all in this together and um yeah it, it worked well for us and do you think you know upon reflection the fact that you had you know one of the best footballers ever are definitely a generation you know the gooch mm-hmm. You know, lads when going in knew they're never going to be as good as him. That mm-hmm. do you think that kind of helped in a way? Kind of kept lads level. Um, yeah, look, his impact on the whole thing is 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 huge, obviously, um, and like the the standards he set um uh, were 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 very high obviously he, he was in the middle of his his carry career at the time and uh, the, the 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 top um the top player player in the country um and he really he really drove drove the drove the whole thing on um but again look looking at it from a, from a club point of view there there was a huge amount of individuals throughout that whole team um that played vital roles in the whole thing um for us um and just helped us to just keep the whole thing uh, keep the whole thing going. 
So look, we, we bring us through that period. You know, like, as I said, the four, four in a row and three in a row. Um, you know, you'd carry in the back. You'd you'd carry on the championship. You were you were you know you were on top there. Then going into Munster, you were you were doing extremely well. Then the All Ireland, it took a while. Um, it did. On reflection, do you think the fact that it was such a long season affected you? Like it was effectively fourteen months. You know, from one mm-hmm. campaign. Uh, yeah, it was. Look, that. Um, I suppose. Look, there's a, a variety of different ways, and um, it's been discussed as you can imagine many nights uh, over over a pint in town. Um, but it's. Uh, I suppose we were we were uh, very happy with how things went at, uh, at at county level and thankfully through through Munster as well. Um, and I think there was the the All Ireland semi finals in is where we, we we came up short. Um, looking back on it, it's it's very hard to to pinpoint an exact reason. I don't think in in sport you can do that and come up with a definitive reason as to um why we 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 lost those few games. Um. It's a funny game, I suppose, and you you mentioned the time the time frame of it. Uh, I suppose you're you're coming off a, a very busy period at the latter part of the year, and you've you've at times twelve thirteen games in a row leading up to Christmas, and then you have the six six week block um, that you just have to do everything in your power to to get right for that for that game and Valentine's weekend or whenever it normally falls. So. Um, I suppose look, looking back you can say we should have done this we, we should have done that uh, I think we prepared as, as well as we could and um, maybe some years in retrospect um, maybe put over emphasis on the preparation and the and the training side of stuff um, I know one year we did with a game uh, with the Kerry seniors who were kind of getting ready for their league um, the two weeks before the game and we, I think we beat them on the same day, but it was kind of uh, maybe put too much into that game, and then uh, didn't didn't carry through for the for the semi final itself. So um, I don't think there's one there's one reason, but uh, year after year you kind of learn um, from from the years gone by, and thankfully um, then in seventeen we were able to to get a right against Carfin, which was a which was a big game, um, and uh, and and then the final then just get over the line, and you know. What has you know? Who's been the yeah? We we'll say I suppose with pinpoint to seventeen, appointed captain must have been a remarkable um, and amazing honor. Mm-hmm. And twenty five years as well was that in, was that in the back of your mind? Twenty five years since the last Crokes team won it. Um, no, look, it, it plays into the bit of the build up, and I, uh, my old man Mike was uh, was part of the team in in ninety two and was a selector. Um, was a selector twenty five years later. So, um, and there was a bit of a build up to it, I suppose, for, from a club point of view. There was a lot of excitement and a lot of um, uh, again in the build up there was a lot of activities around the club and stuff, and it was all going great. But for us as a bunch of players, um, as I say, we got over the 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 Carfin game in the, in the semi final, and we we were just in tunnel vision at that stage, just to just to get over the line. So the whole emotional side of it and the the twenty five year thing is something that we kind of look back on now, I suppose. Um, but whereas at the time you were just kind of getting uh getting the body right and doing all the things you should be from from the football side of stuff, just to um just to get over the line, and which we which we thankfully did. Can you remember how you were feeling at the final at the final whistle? Yeah, I suppose I spoke earlier about twenty twenty ten in that first county county championship, like uh, as a as a sporting moment. Um, I just can't be topped, you know, f- uh, for a, a huge variety of reasons. But um, just we we'd been we'd been so close for many years. There was a lot of guys that had put so much effort into it. Um, and just finally, it was just the I suppose the the final whistle is called the final whistle for a reason. It was just um finally once that whistle blew. 
um, you had the emotions that we had finally done it, you know, and it was uh, to be able to share that with, with the lads that, that, that are your best buddies and your, your family are on the sideline. It was just that whole um, hour from the, the final whistle after the game was, was, was very special. Was it like with your father? He he surely was emotional with you know been part of that team in ninety two. Yeah, I was. It was. I suppose. Look, any any uh, father and son um, that that meet up at at that time after a match is is, is a special moment. So um, no, to be there, it was it was a lovely moment. I was passed over the fence to him um, in in ninety two by by my auntie. I think so. I was I was paraded around in the pitch in his arms. So to be there then twenty five years later and, and to be able to share that moment was uh, was was very special. And do you want to just give us an insight? Um, you know. It was it was well documented at the time that you lifted the cup with um a, a girl in Clarny that mm-hmm. was going through a bit of uh, a bit of treatment. Yeah, so um Amy um unfortunately she 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 has passed away since, but um she was very special just I suppose as as a team um and was a big part of that whole was a big part of her club at the, at the time um and you call up to us meet us at uh, meet us at training um uh, we did a presentation before the match and and that sort of stuff so she was very much a, a huge part of the club huge part of our team and a huge motivational factor as well um and I think we spoke about it often in the, in the build up to it um that uh. The, like the strength she was showing um at at the time with everything she was going through if we could have had um a fraction of that and bring a fraction of that to to our side of stuff um then we knew it would be enough because she was an, an incredible um a, a little girl and is is sadly missed by us all when um 18 then you were appointed captain of Kerry massive honor but do you think the mileage of previous say 10 years you'll go back to probably 2008 onwards do you think it caught up in you because it yeah was, yeah it very, was, like very possibly as well look, looking back in it now there, there was pretty much an eight-year period where um there, it just was 12 months a year it was it was just um i think the only break i got it was if you picked up a bit of a knock and you were you were off for a few weeks and it was uh, kind of a rehab phase anyway so um look in, in hindsight maybe it did it was just um the, the fixtures kind of dictated it and um and looking back with the schedule that was there at the time it was I don't know would there be any other option you'd like to think that uh, there's a more professional um aspect to the fixtures f- fixtures now um and that uh, that that situations or those situations won't be um, won't be arising uh, going going forward and um I know we've a lot of the 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 younger Crokes lads on the on the Kerry team um at the moment and you'd like to think that them looking down the career they they'll have um a period uh each year where um where they're able to relax and 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 know and I think it'd be better for the whole uh the GA as a whole to find uh, or to get that balance. Yeah, like I suppose the model they you know they did last year we were forced to do last year mm-hmm. at the club paid before the county or whatever or vice versa. Mm-hmm. That's definitely something that could be done. You know because it, it gives the county players a bit of well they're obviously playing with the club but. Mm-hmm. At least you know what's happening. You know you can yeah. go away with the wife or the, or the Abs- partner. Absolutely, and look, it is it is a huge part of it. Um, for for years there, um, uh, Annie and I were trying to sitting down trying to plan a holiday, and she was saying, "Look, can we pick this week?" And genuinely, you, you couldn't you couldn't say whether whether you could or couldn't go, and this could be six months six months down the line. So, um, at, at least now, look, I think with the 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 involvement into county players are putting into it now, I think it's only fair um that there is a, a definite season. Um and that guys know that they have a couple of months off at the end of the year and if you do go well with the club, um that that's over a certain period and all that sort of stuff. So, um I think that that's definitely a benefit to the whole to the whole setup. 
And how did you manage your your body? You know, during that time because you were, you know, you were with Crocs, you were with Kerry, and you were obviously in here as well. At, you mm. know, yeah. How obviously you'd be drinking protein, and you know you'd be looking after your body that way. But mm. you see, going to the sea and, and things like that. Yeah, well, look at at the time you do everything you can, um, and I suppose it it was difficult. You have your kind of. Um, you know the the immediate recovery kind of in the nitty gritty of it, but um you kind of have the overall picture as well of trying to peak for certain um times times of a particular season. So um obviously with a with with croaks during that period, you were saying right, you need to be in tip top shape for um for the kind of. Uh, November December period where you're playing once the championships, um, you then need to build it up for that for that semi final and final, and then all of a sudden you're you're trying to strip it back down to to go back into an intercounty setup where you need to be in tip top shape as well so um it, it was it was difficult you know it was difficult um trying to trying to balance a lot and just uh, trying to get that uh, that flow and um peaking at the right time um but again look there was we were lucky enough and that there was kind of a bunch of us at it um at the same time um that we were able to um to, to do as best we could at the time you know Never realised it's actually Johnny, but you've won nearly everything. Like you know, it, it, yeah, it, you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, look, geez, I've, I've been uh, been very lucky with the whole thing. Yeah, I know there's a, there's a few uh, a lot of fellas on Kerry, their their pockets are jingling a bit more, a few more Ireland's, but no, I've I've been very lucky um, with uh, with with how it's went, and um, and again, uh, very happy with with uh, with the the, the all, you know. Do you have any regrets? Regrets. I I often well, find. Probably, yeah. Look. I suppose yeah. regrets. I find regrets a very strong word. Um. I think it's inevitable. You know, any any player or any one that has been involved in sports when they come out of it, they they all always would have said, um, I should have done this or I wish I did that. You know, but um, overall, look. No, I'm I'm. Uh, I came out of it fairly fairly unscathed. Um. Uh, enjoyed it. Enjoyed every minute of the intercounty thing. I'm still, uh, really enjoying the the club scene and can't wait to get back into it. Um. For the for the short season that it that is there this year. Um. And um. No. Uh, I I wouldn't say I have any I have any regrets no massive regrets yeah no absolutely I think I think look as you say um, there's there's always things you you, you, you wish you would have done um, but overall not very uh, very happy with it with, can you put in towards what you know what you know you're in the tourism game and you've been meeting Americans would it, did any of them ever say to you oh, would you be chatting about Kerry football and, and things like that or like, yeah um, I suppose I haven't uh it's it's the rarity during the summer here. I would love to be out and about uh, touring and and heading off around the country. Um, but just by the nature of it, um, just when we're busy, things things uh, we're we're back in the boiler room here in the office, just um keeping everything going. So um, it at the odd time you know you you meet up with people and it does resonate with some people. Um. I think when people are going home and they spend a few few days in in Clare and Kerry, it's definitely come up in conversation. So people can people can relate it. So um, yeah, it's nice to be able to, to to chat it out with people and from from all all different corners of the world, um, and just explain about our our uh, crazy little game. Yeah, when you talk to Americans about it, like they think, especially hard, like whatever about the GA, but Harlan, they think it's absolutely nuts. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They're probably not fair wrong, but uh, no, it, it, absolutely. If you're talking to a bunch of lads and they get stuck in a hurling game inside, uh, having dinner or, or a few points after a bit of golf, um, they just can't get over it, you know. Um, just the, the whole the whole concept. But uh, no, again, um, I'm sure they, they love it. it's part of the whole the whole culture, so I'm sure they love to see it. The whole experience, yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's uh, definitely definitely. And I kind of touched it at the start, mm-hmm. but. I'd like to just touch it now again. 
Um, do you feel you were kind of forced to, like, do you have regrets of stepping away from Kerry at the time or, you know, in, in 2018 or did you just feel it was your duty to, you know, keep the show? No, it, 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 it wasn't, it wasn't a, a duty or anything. It was, um, look, to, to my mind, it was, it was an no-brainer really. Do you know, um, how, how it works here was, um, it's kind of Mike and I, and, and we're running. We have a great team in the office here, um. But uh, it's 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 fairly hectic during the summer, and uh, I know Jamie, you know from from your from your your own man as well. But, um, so just at the time, uh, uh, he had gone for a couple of tests, and we were kind of waiting to hear back from them. So I kind of had a couple of weeks to get my head set around what uh, what the decision was going to be, and when um when he let he let us know that he was he was just needed a bit of treatment. It was a no brainer really. Um, ultimately. Uh, if I was going to training, and there's been times where, um, the two of us have been packed outside Fitzgerald Stadium, um, and there's a private jet landing in Dublin, and there's some other bits and pieces going on, and uh, I've thrown off the training. So ultimately, the the book would stop with him, and it's just adding extra workload to to um to him when I do play for Dent County, and I'm very grateful for um how much he of the extra effort he put in over the years to allow me to do that. Um, so uh, when it was an option, um. To, when it was an option or uh, on the table to keep going and act or, or to, to, to pull away um, it was a no-brainer because ultimately if I kept going it was just going to be adding more um, more stress and more workload on him which which just wasn't an option so um, no that whole period look it was it was a natural thing um, I have no regrets about it uh, uh, I spoke with Eamon at the time um, who was fully understanding and the lads were, were fully understanding and supportive of the whole thing as well so um, uh, no 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 regrets with it, with that one as as you walk into the office there, you see the photos. Um, you've had some remarkable people, you know, in the in your buses or you know in in vehicles over mm-hmm. the, you know, since you started out. Do you want to name a few there? Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll na- name draft away here now. Well, um, no, yeah, just, absolutely. Like I said, no one watches this. And yeah, like yeah. <laughs> um, so no, look, we we've yeah, Tiger Woods filmmakers, and I I met Michael Jordan and myself. Yeah, I remember Mike, uh, my sister, my little sister Laura was uh, massive into basketball, um, and I remember one morning Mike waking us up for what seemed like the middle of the night, um, and said nothing. Took us in. It was my sister's birthday the same day. Took us in the car up to the Ahado Heights walked into the reception still didn't know where we were at rubbing the sleeve from her eyes um, and out walks from what seemed to me at the time like this 20 foot man this giant this giant foot man and put out his hand to do a handshake and literally my hand barely fitted into the, the centre palm of, of his hand so um, we have a nice photo as well with, uh, with, uh, with Michael Jordan so no we've been, look, we've been lucky enough um, to, to have driven some, some high profile clients over, over the years but uh, to meet him that day as well was a nice nice touch nice memory Do you think the experiences you know you have you you had as in your youth shaped you to into the person you you are today? In, uh, if so, in what way? Yeah, I suppose. Look, it's 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 a natural thing that you're you're a product of your upbringing. You know, mm. um. So, um. If uh, if the mother listens to this and she's. Uh, um, a psychologist and a, and a very good one so um, we've we've had had that uh, benefit growing up as well so um, no look um, I've been very lucky say work wise uh, personally wise professionally wise um, 
so definitely that whole thing that your whole upbringing um i was lucky enough to meet my wife any when we were 14 um and we're still we're, yeah we're still, we're, <laughs> we're still going strong so um that whole i've been very lucky to, with the with the whole thing um both as i say on a, on a personal and a personal level and a, on a sporting level and work-wise as well um and uh, i've enjoyed enjoyed every minute of it when you do i'm not retiring you know because i've yeah, just yeah. a few people like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i just have to make sure i'm not retiring them. yeah but uh when you do step away from the game mm-hmm. do you think you'll stay stay involved in it you know whether you managerial or, or select or, or you know underage um i think that down down the road um probably look at it in some shape or form i i do um i do see whenever whenever it is um i do retire um that i probably will go away from it from for a while um like i think looking back to to carry south uh when started when i was 15 from from since then you've been playing football you know um and i think in 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 anything um uh, there comes a time where you know you just need to you need to step away from it and uh i look forward to to that period as much as i look forward to the games and and all the rest of it um and maybe in time uh we'll 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 get back into it if uh, if i want it yeah no i looked i don't think anyone would blame you with especially with as you said since 15 you've been going but you know with crocs has been full time job for mm-hmm. you know during the tens like and I'm not writing you off now but I'm saying mm-hmm. during the tens when you were you know in the All Irelands and all that like it's it's uh you if you, you need a, yeah a you need away. yeah absolutely absolutely and it gives it gives a chance to to focus um focus on other stuff and um to look ahead to the next couple of years and and, and plan away the the personal side of it. I like to throw questions to people now. Yeah, yeah. But is legacy important to you? um no and i really like uh i I just i don't consider it a a big priority of mine um i think legacy is obviously something within the sporting world that's talked about a lot a lot in Kerry. personally i um don't have any great um feelings toward it um the only thing i would like to do when um say whenever i finish up playing um is like i i'm very happy and what i'd love to think is that you've respected the players you played with um and uh so the guys that you would have uh, shared the dressing room with um that they they see you in good light and and have respect for each other i've i've very much have respect for them um and if if i come out of uh playing sport for um a good few years with with that i'd be i'll be very happy you know from a business perspective is um legacy and, and I suppose tradition feeds into legacy with the business because it's been mm-hmm. there you know down to, to third generation is that important to you to, to kind of leave your stamp on the industry on sorry on the business on the well, business um again i'm kind of yeah no i so well, look I, it's as i mentioned earlier that it's something i'm very proud of to be involved in the whole thing and the, and the whole family connection um and it is something i want to continue you know um and uh, as for whatever legacy that leaves um i i don't really buy into that all i want to do is um enjoy uh, enjoy the whole thing um that the the staff are enjoying what they're doing the drivers and everyone on the road is enjoying what they do so um if that's the case and the business is successful um then 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 i'm happy what are two non-negotiables for you on a daily basis um 
a good cup of coffee in the morning big coffee man so um i think uh, start off the day right with, with a coffee and the other thing then is to just have a bit of um have a bit of family time um with a little son otis last june he's he's one um on sunday um so uh, i suppose look looking back in COVID, it's it's been one of the 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 benefits of the whole thing is being able to to spend so much time with him and any um and and the rest of our family and, and and our friends obviously as well but uh yeah so for me good cup of coffee and some chill time with the with the family toughest opponent toughest opponent um Toughest opponent. There's, there's, there's been a few. Whenever I, whenever I get asked this question, for some reason, this game comes into my head where we're playing with UCC up in Clare in January, um, and I can't think of the name of the competition at the time, but it was when the colleges used to play the Joe the Intercounty, um, in the in the monster in the monster competition. Oh, but, the McGrath Cup was it? Yeah, the McGrath Cup. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, or it was an early version of that. I think, um. And that day went up, um, went up with a couple of lads across in the ferry, and, and all the rest of it was out in the, the west of the west of Clare. And um, I remember tagging out the same day and lining up midfield against uh, Gary Brennan. Um, and the same day, whatever whatever way it fell, it was the first time that they had uh, tried to look at the mark. Um, and any form of the, the mark coming out so it was the first game of the year first time the mark came out and the same day it was just ball after ball into the into the middle of the field and he caught I, I, I can't even remember how many balls over my head um, and the, that was bad enough but it was compounded with a big whistle um, which was which was new at the time so um, whenever I hear Thomas Bonnet he, uh, he, he definitely comes into my head he was um, he was a uh, uh, a serious athlete and and still is, um and I actually did a course with him uh, there last year and a, and, a, and a lovely guy to boot as well so uh, tough opponents I think he's the first fellow comes into the head. Who has been or what has been the toughest team you know that that you've played against and you know no disrespect to any other team but mm-hmm. of your your career so far with Crooks. Um, uh, t- toughest team. Um, or with Kerry, uh, I suppose. Look, if if you're looking at, um, and I know it's probably the easy, the easy answer, but uh, as a team uh, playing against Dublin, um, you know, in in those games, they're um, they are as good as um, as they look, and and obviously with the with the record they have over over, over recent years, but um, to come up against them, they're they are a complete uh, complete package, um, and uh, they they would I think be the 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 toughest the toughest team opponent, um. But uh, no, looking at the the year ahead and looking at the lads, um, I think they'll have a, a good crack out of it this year as well. Um, against them, so we'll we keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you that. No, look, we'll wrap it up there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we covered a huge amount. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm again, I'm sorry for taking your time. No, 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 fair play for coming up. Yeah, not at look, all. we'll we'll finish it there. Um, I'd like to thank you for taking time out to come around the Inside View podcast, Johnny, and best luck with everything going forward. Okay, thanks, Jamie. Cheers. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Johnny. I would like to take this opportunity to thank Johnny for coming on the Inside View podcast and best luck Johnny with everything going forward. That is all from us on this week's podcast. Please do get in contact with the show if you'd like to contribute in any way possible. Whether you're a part of a sports team or corporate team, we'd like to hear that story. You can email us info on the ball teambuilding.com or you can follow us on our social media channels. Over on Instagram, it's at underscore on the ball teambuilding. Over on Facebook, on the ball team building. Over on Twitter, at we're on the ball two. That is digit two. We're on TikTok, on the ball team building, and we're also on LinkedIn, on the ball team building. Have a lovely week, and be sure to tune in again next week. We have another exciting guest. Till then, stay safe, and remember, cred on it, fan.
talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening